Chapter eighteen of The Rover Boys in Camp by Arthur M. Winfield. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Chapter eighteen Hazers at Work. William Philander Tubbs was dreaming of a fashionable dance he had once enjoyed when he suddenly found himself bound and gagged and being carried he knew not where this is awful he thought what in the world does it mean then he remembered that some of the cadets had spoken about hazing and the cold perspiration came out on his forehead the gag in his mouth was made of nothing more than a knot and a clean towel but it worried him a good deal and he was afraid he would be choked to death by it but nothing of the sort happened and soon the gag was removed what does this mean he asked as many cadets had done before him he received no answer and tried to break away from his tormentors but their hold on him could not be shaken and before he was set down he found himself well out of sight and hearing of camp putnam as the spot had been named this is a beastly shame he murmured how do you dare to break into my night's rest in this fashion he had heard of the mysterious society of black skulls before but so far had never been hazed by the members he looked curiously at the masked cadets wondering if he could recognize any of them are you prepared to meet your doom he was asked i am prepared to go back to my tent he answered away with him was the cry where are you going to take me he asked anxiously there was no reply but in a twinkling his hands were caught and bound tightly behind him and a bag was thrust over his head and fastened around his throat the bag was so thick that he could not see a thing before him let him take the cold water cure said a voice and he was forced to move forward it's rather deep there whispered a voice just loud enough for him to hear not over his waist whispered another voice what it's twice over his head was the answer i tested the water this afternoon never mind he's got to take the test anyway now tubbs was by no means a good swimmer and the idea of being thrown into the water with his hands tied behind him and his head in a sack was frightful in the extreme let me go he whined let me go i say forward with him was the heartless reply and he was pushed on until he suddenly found himself in water up to his ankles stop stop he cried in a muffled voice stop i don't want to drown will you obey your superiors yes yes anything will you join the order of black skulls anything i told you only don't let me drown cried the frightened william philander and will you promise to keep mum about what has happened here to-night yes yes very well you shall not be allowed to drown but you must take the plunge oh dear me i can't forward and be lively about it we will fish you out with a crab net but i-i can't swim with my hands tied behind me chattered poor tubbs yes you can forward now ha fellows he will not go jab him with the pitchfork at this a student stepped behind tubbs and pricked his back with a pin the fashionable youth let out a yell of terror and then certain that he was about to take an awful plunge into some deep part of the lake made a desperate leap forward a wild shriek of laughter rang out as tubbs made the leap 
he had jumped across a narrow brook not six inches deep and landed sprawling on the grass beyond you are now initiated said one of the masked cadets when the laughter had somewhat died away and at once tubbs hands were untied and the bag was taken from his head well i never he murmured as he gazed in amazement at the brook thought it was the lake front sure as you are now one of us tubbs you must wear these said a cadet and furnished the fashionable youth with a mask cap and a pair of horns we have now disposed of number two said another cadet what of number three number three must at that moment a gunshot rang out on the still night air hello something is wrong cried one of the hazers in quick alarm there goes the drum fellows came in the unmistakable voice of sam rover we've got to hustle back to camp or we'll be exposed right you are came from songbird powell come fellows and mind you don't let anybody see the masks and other things and away they scooted under the trees and then along a row of bushes running fairly close to the first line of tents in the meantime the drum continued to roll and the whole camp was astir captain putnam himself was out and was soon followed by major larry and captain fred garrison dick rover knew what was up and took his time about showing himself since he did not wish any of the hazers to be captured call the roll said major larry after making a round of the company streets but he himself was in no particular hurry almost out of breath with running the hazers came into camp accompanied by hans and tubbs masks caps and horns were pushed out of sight under cots and then all sallied forth to join their various commands calling the roll was already in progress all present or accounted for came the declaration five minutes later all present eh mused captain putnam that's queer who fired that gun private jackson i will interview jackson said the master of the school and he ordered jackson to his private tent what made you raise the alarm jackson he questioned sharply i thought some of the cadets were out of camp sir was the answer did you see them go not exactly sir but i thought i saw three or four of them sneaking along near the woods hmm. you should be sure of what you are doing jackson it is not commendable to arouse the whole camp midnight for nothing well i thought i was sure insisted the crestfallen cadet he knew for a certainty that some of the cadets had been out but saw no way to prove it in the future be more careful while on guard duty said captain putnam coldly and there the subject was dropped who fired that shot asked sam on the morning following the hazing jackson replied a cadet named gilson who had been one of the hazers the sneak murmured the youngest rover that's what i say rover guess he did it to get square for losing that swimming race put in another of the hazers more than likely we ought to square up with him for it that's the talk what's the matter mit tossing him a blanket up asked hans earnestly think that's a good way to get square eh hans laughed sam that's the worst banishments what i know of said the german boy with deep conviction makes you feel like you vos going to prick a bard already quick 
all of the boys knew that it would not do to try any more hazing for the next few nights even if the guards gave no alarm captain putnam or one of the teachers might be on the watch to catch them on the following day it rained and the majority of the cadets were glad enough to remain under shelter a few went bathing or fishing and the latter brought in quite a respectable mess of fish even in fishing the boys were rivals and a new tin cup was voted to the cadet bringing in the string that weighed the most the rain began about ten o'clock and by noon the water was coming down in torrents this is beautiful remarked tom as he looked at the puddle in the company's street we ought to have dug another ditch to let that water run off remarked dick well nobody wants to go out now and dig that is true instead of abating the rain became more violent as the afternoon advanced this looks as if we were going to have some wind remarked major larry with a doubtful shake of his head i hope it doesn't blow too heavily said captain putnam don't you think i had better caution the fellows to pin down their tents extra hard it would do no harm major colby then i'll do it said larry and issued the order without delay some of the cadets grumbled at being driven out into the wet but the majority knew they were doing the work for their own good and went at it without a murmur at about sundown the wind fell and after supper it was as calm as it had been before the storm started told you there wasn't any use of getting wet pounding down stakes growled lou flapp he had done his work in a slipshod fashion staying out but a minute or two for that purpose it still rained so building campfires was out of the question this being so the cadets turned in early glad to seek the shelter of their cots and their warm blankets an hour went by when of a sudden the rain increased once more then came a rush of wind that shook all of the tents violently we are not out of it yet it would seem said dick as he sat up on his cot to listen to the flapping of the canvas in the company street he had hardly spoken when another gust of wind tore down on the camp there was a ripping of cloth and a crashing of poles and then a cry for help sounded from several places at once End of chapter eighteen